Hi, welcome to Lambert Park Church. Our vision is life with God for the world. Our mission is to invite everyone to follow Jesus with us through redemptive community, intentional discipleship, and everyday mission. We're so glad you're here. Stay tuned for the podcast coming right up. It is lovely to be with you. And I did think at first when I came in this morning, oh, there's not very many people here. I wonder what they will say if I say that everyone needs to come closer. And, but I, you don't need to. And I know it would make people sitting in the back very uncomfortable if they thought they had to move closer. But it, for me, standing here always is a little bit of a nerve-wracking feeling. And what always helps me is that I know I'm sitting amongst friends, standing here among friends. And really, what I would love to imagine is that uh, you are all sitting in my living room, and we've been sharing with each other. You've been telling me what you've been learning, and then I can share with you what I have been learning. And so now I'm, since we can't sit in my living room, you, we won't all fit there, um, I want to share with you some of the things that God has taught me, and we'll do it in this beautiful space that God has given to us. I have been so blessed through all of this study so far, and I can't believe it. We are halfway through uh, the, our looking at the fruit of the Spirit. So I thought even before we go, uh, before I get too far into things, it would be good to just go through that passage in Galatians again as we remember this church that Paul wrote to. They were, there were different factions, there was dissension amongst them, there were some coming in saying, no, you still have to follow the law, and then there were others who were saying, no, it's all about the freedom that we have, and there was just a real struggle for unity, and Paul wrote this beautiful letter to them. And so I was going to read it, and then I thought, oh, I don't need to read it, Aaron read it so beautifully when in his first one, so the guys so beautifully said, they would play Aaron um, reading the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. So I want to read it for you. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up, but we're also going to put it up on the screen behind. So in verse 13, Paul starts, and he says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Free from what? Free by Jesus from the exhaustion of following all these laws in pursuit of God's acceptance. And continues, he says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire Old Testament law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, for you will be destroyed by each other. Be no more unity. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and then you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary, what is opposite to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. 
sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now here's the most important part, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, these things, these fruit, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have been so blessed uh, digging into this. I've been so blessed by what has already been shared by our friends uh, here, members of the church. And so as, as we begin to look at um, the fruit of kindness and what that looks like, I've thought a lot about, um, well, you know, how kind am I and... Um, looking back on my life and how, what God has taught me about kindness. And I think back to in my early, in my much younger years, just when I was getting ready to step out in missions, as most of you know, I served for over 40 years with Operation Mobilization, OM. And when I joined, I thought I was a very easygoing person. I would have said I was a kind person or sort of kind. And really, I had lots of friends, and I was really connected into my church at that time. And then I got overseas, and I was living in a household with eight other women from different parts of the world, from different cultural backgrounds and life experience. And oh my goodness, did I ever begin to see, okay, there's a lot more weakness in me than there is strength that I thought was there. And I was so challenged. And in those early years, I describe it as I, I was getting new glasses. I got Jesus lenses. So a little bit like Simon mentioned, that now I can see you when, when you're singing or not. Um, it was just funny that he mentioned that because of the new glasses. And I want us to keep that in mind, that we need the Jesus lenses to even begin to look at kindness or any other fruit of the Spirit. We want to see, see through God's eyes. I learned to see uh, God more clearly. And I learned to see how he sees me and how he sees others. And so learning to see more clearly is just such a key thing. And that kind of um, wraps around some of the things that we're going to talk about today. When we look in our world and we see such a lack of kindness, we see a lot of judgment, we see a lot of people um, speaking so harshly to one another, not just out there somewhere on social media or on the news, but even amongst God's people. 
we see that. And yet we also see uh, beautiful examples of people like Bonnie Henry and the rallying call to everybody here in BC to be calm, to be kind, to be safe. And that was, a, that was a good thing, and I think that really made a difference in our province in how we were with one another, certainly in those early days. Um, I, was, I saw a poster recently somewhere that it said, um, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And there is definitely a longing in our world for kindness. And so where does this, where does this begin? Uh, it's not just a list of things that I can do or I can wake up in the morning and, and all right, I've got to be kind today. What, what, what will I do to be kind? Okay, I'm going to give somebody money for a cup of coffee. And so then at the end of the day, you can tick off that you've done that kind deed. Or that, you, that I think, well, I'm going to do something kind for you because then you will be under obligation to do something kind for me. I think um, sometimes we do that with our friends or maybe spouses uh, where we kind of think the kindness needs to be reciprocated. Or there is kindness that is done to just manipulate a situation or so that you will think better of me. So I'm not really being kind, but I just want Shayla to think that I'm a kind person, so I'll make sure she's somewhere around either benefits from me doing something kind or she sees me doing something kind. And of course, that is not the kindness that God is talking about. And so as we look at kindness, I was trying to think, okay, how do I sum up the things that I have learned? And so I've... I've got a little system here. We'll see how it works. But kindness grows as we, as we deepen our own personal understanding of God's love and acceptance of us. And you know this morning, early this morning, I thought, oh, I, sh I never gave Simon any idea of songs that maybe would be appropriate for us to sing as we are as we are together, because I never have any ideas, and I just always trust that God is leading the worship team as they plan the music. And then, but then this morning, it occurred to me before I even got here, you know, I would love to sing How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Wouldn't that be great? And there it is this morning. So, gosh, God was leading even there that we sang that, because probably the most important thing is that understanding of God's love and acceptance of us. It is just beyond all measure. It is something so deep and so wide. It is not dependent on my performance or my productivity or how busy I am or how many times in a day I pay for somebody's cup of coffee or the kind deeds that I do. His love and acceptance is total and complete for us. He has done everything so that we can be in relationship with him. And he wants to be with us, present in our lives. And I, I just think, do we, how do we know that? I mean, do we know it in our heads? I think most of us know it. God loves me in our heads, but has it gone deep into our hearts? Have you deeply understood his love for you, whether you do anything more to serve him, whether you get busier, he just loves you. And I, I'm just thinking, I'm so, it was so nice when I walked into church today to see Daniel and Marika with Eli. Where are you guys? Anyways, they're not, oh, there you are. 
oh, Eli's not here. Oh, I just, he's just the cutest little guy. But I think of how God looks at us the way we look at somebody like Eli. Like, I just want, I just want to put my hands on his face. I just do. And, you know, I'm a stranger, so I don't want to do that. He might get a little upset, and I don't want to upset him. But there isn't there that beautiful feeling? I think that's how God is with us. He just wants you to stop, and he wants to hold your face and say, I love you. And, and he does. And have you experienced that? Do you know what God has spoken over you? That you are precious, that you are his treasure, that, that you are beloved. We think of him speaking over Jesus at his baptism. And Jesus hadn't done his ministry yet. He hadn't started his ministry. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And of course, that's Jesus, but he loves us, and we are beloved. He has called us with loving kindness. I, I love you with an everlasting love. I have called you, and you are mine. We belong to him. You are my child, he says over us. Do you know what he has said over you? Have you experienced that? And that may be something to take some time and dwell on and ask God to speak to you in. Because kindness comes out of that love, not something that you do to earn that love. And so as you can rest in that knowledge of his deep and abiding love for you and you and you and you, what a beautiful place to start. So you don't have to wake up in the morning and think of kindness. I've got to get the kindness right. But start with that remembering and that knowing of his great love for you. And I want to read a, a, um, a verse for you from Zephaniah. I love this verse because, again, it just expresses God's delight in his people. And this is spoken to um, uh, the 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 people of Israel, but this is, I think of this, he's saying this even to you personally, but to Lambert Park Church, his body. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Can you imagine he rejoices over us with singing? So it's not just us singing worship songs to him. He's doing it right back at us when he holds our face. So to remember and trust and, and rest in that is vital as we, as we want to learn to, uh, to grow in kindness. The other thing that I have learned is that kindness grows as I learn to see people through God's eyes, put on those Jesus lenses. The God who sees. And we remember Hagar, uh, who was a servant of Abraham and Sarah, ended up being pregnant by Abraham at Sarah's initiative, and, but then is cast out. And she's just thrown away. And this young woman alone, young girl alone, out there, pregnant, doesn't know what is going to happen to her. And God comes and finds her. He sees her, and she, she recognizes as God meets with her, you are God who sees me. 
I, I now know the one who has seen me, the one who sees me. I now have seen the one who sees me. He sees her. It's not just, you know, she's someone, just someone out there. He sees her. He knew her situation. He came to her. And I think of how God helps us to see better, put on our Jesus lenses to see others uh, the way he sees them. And Lewis talked about that when he was sharing about love. And he talked about walking down Douglas Street. Do you remember? And he, there was that rather unkempt fellow coming towards him with a dog on a lead that was out into the road and he had to go all the way around and he was pretty annoyed and feeling a bit frustrated. And then at, he had an aha moment just after he had passed the man where God reminded him that that man was created in God's image. And that is something so important for us to see. My aha moment was a little bit different, but I was, again, I was living in Europe at the time. I was living in Austria. And I had been involved in coordinating, um, helping to coordinate a large uh, outreach event. We were doing a training, and then people were going on outreach all over Europe. There were several thousand people there. And one of the women who had come to volunteer and help make this happen sort of latched onto me, followed me around a fair bit during that those days, and at the, near the end of the time, she said, I want to come and spend Christmas with you this year. And I thought, mm, really? Oh dear. And she, she wasn't someone that I sort of felt naturally drawn to, and I, I just thought, oh dear. And I didn't want to say yes, but I actually didn't know how to say no, and so anyhow, it happened. And she came, but I was reluctant. And then I kept thinking, you know, I've had many special Christmases, and I can certainly share a Christmas with, with her. And so she came from a different country, and she came and stayed with me for a week. Now, I lived in a very tiny apartment. It was a bachelor suite, call it a bed-sit. But it was a very small one-room place, so there wasn't, we were really on top of each other while we were there. And then I was taking her around and showing her things, and it was, oh, it was just hard work. Every moment was hard work. And I, I was just so disgruntled. And the one day I took her into Vienna, this beautiful city, and was showing her around, and she really wasn't enjoying it very much. Uh, because She didn't care about that stuff. Uh, like, like I thought, that's what everybody wanted to do. And then, but at one point, she had kind of walked ahead of me, and she was looking at some things I'd kind of sent her on to go and look around there, and then we'll meet up in a few minutes. And as I stood there, and I was watching her, and I was kind of complaining to God, I'm really not enjoying this, and she's never said thank you for anything, and it just seems so, I just, I just was grumpy. There's just no other way around it, I was grumpy. And in that moment, God reminded me of something he had showed me already in the years before. But he, he reminded me of the time when a, young, a rich young man came to Jesus and he had his questions of, of Jesus. And it says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Oh. And it was, that was my aha moment because I thought, I don't, I don't love her. And I got all teary, which is kind of embarrassing when you're sort of out where there's people around and it just, it, it just felt weird. But at that point, so my heart changed then and I was just reminded and I have thought this so often when I meet people to look at them and love them. And that doesn't 
just come naturally or easily to us, but to, I want to see people through God's eyes. And I think about that quite often in the morning uh, when I get up, who am I going to be seeing today and help me to love whoever I encounter, the people that I know I'm going to see or the ones who might just be randomly walking up the street and walking past me. I want to see people through God's eyes. It's a, it's a, a challenge, that's for sure. Kindness goes together with approachability. That's another thing I've learned. Being approachable. And when we look at God and how he approached Hagar, he went to her. But also we see people that, and we saw Jesus go to people, the people who are despised or a a Samaritan woman. My goodness, that was so um, different from what most would have done in that situation, but also all the people that came to Jesus, and you just see it over and over again through scripture, the people that came to Jesus, a synagogue ruler who came to Jesus because he wanted healing for his daughter, a woman who just needed to touch his cloak to be healed from a chronic illness, and constantly people coming to Jesus, and he was approachable. It's such a reminder for us that God is approachable and he wants us to come to him. He he is there ready for us to be with him. He wants us to even talk to him about the things that uh, are on our heart, the things that we're mad about, the things that we want to complain about even. He is there to uh, be, uh, he is approachable for us we can remember that and then how can I be approachable and I've had um, the experience over a number of years I've always thought okay I want people to be able to approach me and not feel um, scared to come and talk to me or worried because I'm so busy that they can't come and talk to me or that they can't ask me a question and in my work that I did in OM especially in later years I was involved in leadership and worked with our leaders and our our personnel serving in many, many countries around the world. So a lot was done by email, WhatsApp, and then there were the times in person. I always wanted people to feel that they could come to me and that I was approachable and that I would leave them with a word of kindness or encouragement or appreciation even in every single email I wrote. And I have tried, I don't always succeed, but pretty much always before I write, even those short emails that you want to just say, yes, I agree in a group discussion, I always want to put something that's a thank you, an appreciation, something that is kind and maybe encouraging. And maybe that's something we can do when we think of all the people that we're going to meet in the day uh, to think of how, how can I be a blessing to them? How can I be an encouragement? And it might be a word. It might just be the, the expression on your face. I don't know how many times I've stood in long lineups. And airports are the, are the worst place for it. And then the people behind and in front, everybody's saying, yeah, and I've, I've flown with this airline. They always take so long doing this. And yeah, and this happened to me when the last time I flew. And everybody's telling their terrible stories and they go down in this spiral of frustration. And it's taking so long. I'm thinking this has probably happened a lot lately by what we see on the news. People get so frustrated. By the time you get to someone, you could just wring that poor person's neck. And they... <laughs> 
and you want to kind of let them know you're not very happy with the, you know, the way it's been going, even though you know, they are an employee, they're just doing their job and as best they can, maybe, and maybe they're doing it in a grumpy way. Who knows? But it just, we want to make them aware that we're not happy. And yet, you've got to be careful because you don't want to be all of a sudden sent back to the end of the line or something like that, <laughs> which can happen in some countries. So I have thought, okay, how can I, in the midst of this lineup, because I have to have a better attitude, and how can I then be a blessing at least to the people in front or behind? And most times I will strike up a conversation and chat, and I want to be, because Jesus is living in me, then it should be different around me because of Jesus in me. So again, seeing people putting on those Jesus lenses and seeing people through um, God's eyes and trying to engage in a conversation that isn't the one that spirals down into, yes, it's terrible, yes, these people are awful, and no, they take so long, and what's the matter with them? And I might wonder all that, but it doesn't always help to just go down and all talk about how bad everything is. So that is... Um, just one of the things that I think about doing, and maybe you can think in your context. But I think about it as Lambert Park Church. How are we approachable to one another? Even to, as this body, are we approachable? Something to think about. Kindness goes together with hospitality and generosity. And in, um, I just, again, think about Jesus being hospitable even that he fed the 5,000, sent the disciples and said, you know, we've got to feed these people. Well, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I don't have enough space to feed 5,000 in my house. But I am trying to invite people over to my apartment. And I've been on kind of an, a mission to get to know people here in the church. And so I've invited different ones to come and have lunch with me after church. And it's really, it's just a bowl of soup because I don't want to be messing around preparing food while when people have come home uh, from church with me. So it's soup and bread usually, and maybe something for dessert, if you're lucky. <laughs> but welcoming people into our space and sharing what we have, that's really, it, it isn't even all about inviting people over for a meal, and I don't want you to all of a sudden get on a guilt trip and think, oh, do I have to do that now? Oh dear. Oh dear, and then the, and you can feel the pressure rising in you. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to say. But, in, but there is a, a hospitality and a generosity that has to come, that kindness uh, goes together with that. How do we welcome people into our space, into our lives, into our church? How do we welcome each other? And, and how do we, I mean, of sharing of our time, or of our skills. I love that here at Lambrick, even in hot terms of hospitality and food, we have the agape meal where we are serving uh, once a month at Mustard Seed. And that's a beautiful ministry and a beautiful way to, to love people by giving them food and, and loving the people that serve that at work at um, Mustard Seed. I mean, they, they need to be ministered to as well. But what a privilege. Or something like the ELL, welcoming newcomers to Canada, people that are struggling with their English, that they thought maybe they had learned enough English, and then when all of a sudden you're living with English all around you, you are totally overwhelmed, and your brain gets very tired. 
and it's good to have a safe place for people to practice and learn English. What a beautiful ministry that Lambrick has in that, and that's a great way for people to be involved in loving strangers, loving some of the newcomers. And how can we love and welcome people with our skills, the things that we can offer? And how do we do that with each other, but also beyond and welcoming people into this space? So kindness goes together with that generosity of spirit, of heart, and hospitality, oh yes. And then kindness does not expect anything back. And this is one of the things I had to learn with the woman that came to stay with me, because I guess I realized I was only, I was expecting her at least to appreciate how kind I was being, and she really didn't. But her needs were far different, and I needed to see her in a different way. But God is kind even to the ungrateful. And we need to be kind because it's a good thing to do, because we love someone, even if I think I might not like them, even though I don't know them. But we need to be kind to, uh, without expecting anything back. And if I'm kind to you, it's not that I expect then, you know, when the time is right, you're going to pay me back. You're, going to, you're obliged to be kind back to me. And again, in... Um, in Luke, Jesus said, let me just get my eye on the right spot. Oh my goodness. Yes. Get my eye here. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then it also says, um, and do this because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So that is certainly something I need to pay attention to, is God's kindness without expecting anything back. So from there, where do we go from there? And if we, if we think of the what next, well, really, Carly said it very well last week, and it's right there in Galatians 5. We need to walk in step with the Spirit. We need to uh, be led by the Spirit, guided, directed by the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living in us that will show us what to do and when we need to be kind, when we need to share our peace with someone else. So that's really um, where it begins. But some of you here or somebody online may be feeling right now, yes, Sue, this is just too much. And I'm just feeling the weight of something else that I need to pay attention to and I don't feel it. Um, I'm struggling. There could be people struggling. I don't know all of your stories. And if that is the case for you, that you are struggling and really uh, what I've said has just made you feel guilty, which is not my intention, then I, w I just want to say, would you let us be kind to you? Would you let Lambrick Park Church be kind to you? Would you come and let us know if there's a way that we can show God's love to you, that we can be um, a blessing to you? and to share 
what God has given us with you in some way. And I don't know what way that is, and hopefully you know somebody that you're close to that you can say, I am really struggling, I need, I need help. And may we be that kind of a place where we are giving and receiving God's kindness through our, God's people here at Lambrick. So we all need to be able to receive kindness, not just give kindness, or to receive patience from one another, not just to be patient. So that's just a, maybe a challenge for us to reflect on. But please don't be weighted down and feel like you can't tell somebody that really, this is just a really crappy season for me and I'm not doing well at all. Then help us help you. And you know, if you don't know who to talk to and you need to be linked, you want to be linked to someone and you just aren't sure who, and I'm nervous saying this because every, Lucy's our answer to almost every problem that we have. But if you email Lucy, office at lambrick.com, she, she won't personally be the one that helps every single person, but she will link you, she'll help and link you to people, and that's just something that you could think of doing if you're not sure who to talk to. Maybe start with Lucy. That's just kind of my, she's my go-to person. Um, the other thing that we can do is just share what we are learning with one another. And I don't want to put a, a whole list of things to do because then that kind of defeats the re resting in God. But if we share with one another things that God is teaching us, oh my goodness, what a rich thing that is. I have a friend I've been meeting with regularly and I have been so blessed by what she has shared that God has been teaching her, it has inspired and encouraged me and then sparked things in my own mind of things that I need to learn. And so that may be something that we could do. And even today, even before you leave this place today, what about telling somebody around you, somebody that you're sitting with, something that you've learned that God has spoken to you about in this study on the fruit of the Spirit? But share with others. And then really the thing, probably the most important thing is that we spend time with God personally, that we spend time with him and let him speak to us, speak his love over us, listen for that, and know what it is that he has said over you, and to rest in that, remind yourself of that daily, because he loves you, he loves you, and he's so... He's so delighted with you. I just have to keep doing that. I'm thinking of Eli or my nieces and nephews. I would do the same with them, except they're all adults now. But um, they wouldn't be so excited by me wanting to put my hands on their face. Um, and another thing that you could think of doing is finding a mentor. And I love this about the younger generation, probably are way better than those of us who are older, at, at going to someone nowadays and saying, you know, you are, you are good at this. Can you teach me how you've done that? Can you mentor me? And I've seen this over and over again in different parts of the world, but even here in Victoria, people who have just sought out a mentor for a season, it can be a short time or a longer time. And I just want to encourage you, as I look around here, I see many wise people and people with 
such beautiful experience with God, a treasure built up in them that they need to share. And so if you see someone, you know someone, that you think, oh, wow, there's somebody who has so much peace in their life. I want to talk to them about it. Or I want to talk to Carly about, about um, patience and what she has learned and how she has learned that so that I can see that happen in my life. Maybe she's someone to connect with. Or the women's gathering is certainly a place to connect in such a way. But look for those opportunities or an individual that you can spend time with. And then uh, let's think and pray what Lambert Park Church, our, this body here, can look like if we are a welcoming, approachable, hospitable, loving place to be with one another that others feel welcomed into so that even strangers can come in the door and feel a part of this place. I remember somebody telling me just not too long after I'd moved back to Victoria just about two years ago now, and he kept reminding me, you belong, Sue, you belong. And I didn't feel it at the time, and I do now, but uh, that is such a beautiful thing. And then one last thing, gone longer than I thought I was going to, but it's okay. One last thing is there's a greeting, a Zulu greeting, that a friend of mine from South Africa taught me just recently, and it seems funny to be ending my talk with a greeting, but I just thought maybe I will leave this with you and it's something we can think about. And this Zulu greeting is Sawubona, S-A-W-U-B-O-N-A, -A, all one word, Sawubona. And it's basically what they, in, in the Zulu language, they would use as the hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? And they, it probably becomes a meaningless word to them. Just as hi, how are you? And we just keep on moving and we hardly even wait for the person's response, but how we do it. But Sawubona means I see you. There's those lenses, Jesus' lenses again. And I love that. Could we say, Saubona, Curtis, I see you. I see how you love your family, how you have loved this church. I see you. Can we say that to one another? Can we greet one another with Saubona, Brenda? Saubona, Brenda. <laughs> I see you and your faithful service and your love for the people of Lambrick and your family, your great love for your family, and your commitment to them. Saubona, Clayton and Isabel, God sees you, and I see you, your faithful service over all these years to share God's word wherever he gave you opportunity, discipling, leading people to Christ. You are, have been amazing. But can we say, Saubona, I see you. Maybe that's something that we can do together and practice on each other just to help us remember to see people with our Jesus lenses. So I just want to pray and then the worship team can come. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for what you are doing in our midst, for how you are working in our lives, for your great love for us. Lord, we just, we just stand before you and we are amazed and we worship you. Change us. Make us more like you. Amen.